0: Hi everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Evolution Project Insights. Now outside of the COVID-19 pandemic, today's topic is certainly one of, if not the most uh, important global initiative and focus at the moment. Today I'm pleased to be joined by an industry SME, Mr. Peter Morrison. Peter has spent the last two decades in the commodities and energy space, focused on research and adoption of technology. Peter currently sits with BP here in Asia as their lead for digital technology research and incubation. Welcome Peter. Hey Graham, it's great to be here. Excellent. Now Peter, obviously the use of emerging technology is playing a huge part in the shift to sustainable and renewable energy, with AI being a major player. I appreciate that AI seems to have been around for a long, long time, but now it seems to be everywhere and i thought it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on how this tech is playing such a big role in the the transformation of moving businesses
1: and the world into a more sustainable place all right yes you're you're absolutely right ai hardly seems innovative these days and everyone's talked about it so much that you you almost roll your eyes when you hear people going innovation and AI in the same sentence. Um, but what has happened over the last or oh, however long is uh, businesses and people have become more comfortable with what AI can do. And we've started shifting modes from the, the incremental type of innovation where AI was just a productivity tool to augment humans and there were always humans in the loop. Now we're seeing much more disruptive types of innovation. And uh, where where the AI can make an entire process unnecessary, or can do things that we simply couldn't do before, we had um, the cognitive capacity, or um, the, the reaction time wasn't just wasn't there. And uh, one of the examples of that, actually, that I think many people will be quite familiar with, is Uber, uh, or now as we call it Grab um, in Asia Pac. But Uber pioneered the whole surge charging mechanism, and it was AI-driven, um, with human overrides, of course, and that was very disruptive. That upended the entire taxi industry, and um, that disintermediation is a business model, in, um, a business model innovation. But it was enabled by AI. So these are the kind of disruptions that are going to happen again and again, and we'll see we'll see them in all sorts of different places and at all sorts of different scales. Fantastic. Well, it certainly didn't do Uber or Grab any harm. That's for
0: sure. It's certainly, a flying organisation in this part of the world. Peter, it seems like in the if we stay in the AI space, it seems that there is a growing concern that keeps popping up, and that concern seems to be based around the transparency and ethics. Now, that kind of leads me to believe that there is going to be an ever-growing need for people like yourself, who are experts or SMEs in that digital ethical practitioners or you know, practice it. And I'd be interested to get your thoughts on
1: on the sort of transparency and ethical sides of AI. Yeah, that's a real issue. So ethical AI, also known as responsible AI, is a must-have. There has been so much bad press, for example, if anyone is uh, listening and they work for Facebook, they're probably thinking I'm talking about them, but it happens in a lot of different places. AI has introduced algorithmic bias and has almost codified human biases, and it needs to be managed. Uh, um, The nice thing about computers is that they're generally repeatable, so you can test for bias and then eliminate it. But it's a new kind of role, and it's a role that um, can, can deeply and profoundly affect how a company chooses to adopt AI or responds to mistakes that are made once you've adopted AI. So digital ethics is a growing field. It's fairly nascent, but it's really important. Fantastic. Totally, totally agree.
0: If if we shift away from the actual tech space of this and a few other buzzwords that seem to be flying around at the moment, I'm sure you're very familiar, Peter. Carbon capture and carbon
1: pricing. What opportunities or challenges would you say we have in this space currently or ongoing? Yeah, that's a subject near and dear to uh, to my employer's heart, I should say, and I speak from my own opinion, but it's quite aligned, and, and I believe that the world does need to set a price on carbon emissions. It's going to let the marketplace solve for reducing emissions. As carbon uh, CO2 gets more and more expensive per tonne, we will find ways to reduce it. I believe the marketplace will be more nimble than legislation. It will be able to react faster and be more innovative so um, bp as uh, a greening energy company wants to be at the forefront of this transition and uh, has long advocated for a carbon price and the the capture and storage of carbon is is pretty much what large oil companies are probably very well geared up to do so many uh, and all of bp's competitors will be saying roughly the same things is like we can we can solve the problem of CO2 emissions. We can put stuff back in the ground. We can sequester carbon. Carbon pricing is going to open amazing new businesses because it's an externality to current society that needs to have a price added to it. And therefore, it's, it's going to represent business opportunities. And simply carbon trading is, is one thing. But carbon pricing is difficult for a variety of reasons to do with measuring it, quantifying it, auditing it and storing it, obviously the physical handling of of the product. So all those represent opportunities for brand new businesses or for innovation in existing business.
0: Yeah, very, very good points. And I think at this point, it's really important just to notify to our listeners that this isn't pointing fingers at oil and energy businesses only. This is both a individual responsibility, but also as well, all organizations and industries need to be focused on, you know, climate change and sustainability, how renewable energies can be moved better. And yes, technology is a big driver and influencer in this. But again, I think like just to repeat myself, it's important that we're not just pointing fingers at energy businesses who are obviously under a lot of pressure from governments and globally in order to
1: drive their businesses into a more sustainable way. Actually, yes. I, I need to give a shout out to the the cement industry and the steel industry, who are vital to our current lifestyle and and um, you know well-being. And those industries cannot easily reduce their emissions. Uh, cement is a is a, an incredibly carbon-emissive process, and equally, making steel, making steel the current way, uh, produces huge amounts of emissions. Those companies can't just be told to change their ways because They'll do it, but their products will become radically more expensive and no one will buy it. And that means they'll get out competed by companies who haven't been told to change in other jurisdictions, or everything will become too expensive, the global economy will grind to a halt, and you know, life as we know it will end. So the the solution is collaboration and consortiums and getting together as as groups of companies to solve the problem of specific sectors in the industry. I'm not sure how that's going to happen, but I believe it does need to happen. I think very, very valid points. And I think, you know, as long as people
0: adopt this mindset and the changes that's required, I'm sure we'll move positively. And <laughs> um, Peter, just, just to jump back into the technology specs, uh, again, working in the sort of technology and energy space myself, another buzzword I hear a lot about, and I know something that's quite close to your heart, robotics. Uh, um yes. Seems to be a big player in organisations in this space at the moment. And um, again, it'd be great to get your understanding on how you know yourself or other organisations in your
1: industries are adopting robotics and the benefits of that, please. Yeah, yeah. There's a the real sense, isn't there, that robots have have come out of the factory, and and this is because of increased capabilities in in processing and things like computer vision algorithms and so on. That the rising curve of capability and, and the descending curve of cost has meant that robots are no longer those big scary objects in factories that basically have to shut down when a human gets close because it's the only way to make them safe. Now we've got robots on the street, if you like, robots sort of walking around um, uh, installations and, and industrial sites. And it's there, there's going to be an amazing blossoming, I think, of robotics in society as As we get more used to them and as we decide to drive demand for robots, you can imagine them appearing everywhere. They're already creeping into things like um, hotels and hospitals as delivery robots and service robots. Uh, You see them in some some cities as last mile delivery bots or condo bots uh, that, that help to deliver packages right to the door. So there's, there's a huge amount of scope there. And the other, the other amazing thing that people don't actually think is a robot, but really it is, is autonomous vehicles. They are more or less robots. They don't have a mission except to provide transportation, but they are a great example of a robot that's in the public space that's got to be safety critical. And we're right at the cusp of having those becoming more and more common and more and more capable.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a really amazing move forward in technology, and uh, I've had very little exposure myself. But something I'm extremely interested in, and just by watching the news, seeing the benefits of robots in hospitals, like you mentioned earlier, uh, taking away the human touch to uh, helping patients in things like COVID pandemics, where you know the non-touch approach is just vital to, to sort of slow down the spread. I think it's fantastic, and. Um, Another point slightly polar opposite to the health side is the the exploratory work that's going on in space at the moment in regards to, you know, hopefully having uh, potentially people living on new
1: clients in the next 50 to 100 years. I think it's uh, outstanding. Mm, absolutely. It really is. It's an ex- exciting space to watch. And uh, it's a, sort of a, a personal hobby of mine. So I'm, I'm very keen on seeing robotics advancing. Absolutely.
0: And Peter, as I say, I know all topics today have been something that are very close to your heart. You know, we thank you so much for your own personal opinion and comments. uh, And of course, for taking time out of your hectic day to, you know, join a podcast with me to understand a little bit more about these technologies and how they're driving transformation in energy. And to everybody else listening, if you do have any thoughts or further opinions on this topic, please do reach out. Alternatively, if there's anything else, that you'd like to discuss that is also close to your hearts, please do reach out to me at graham.skipworth.evolutionjobs.sg. At and Peter, thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'm sure we will speak again soon. Superb. Thank you, Graham. It's been a pleasure. demographic diversity, it can be age diversity.